Well, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Expand with Omar. And guess what we got today? We have our special guest, actually our first guest on our podcast, which is going to be awesome. I've known this gentleman for quite some time, and we always bullshit. We always talk about the real estate market. We talk about life. We talk about what our kids are doing, what's happening, and all this good stuff, all the shit that he talks as well. But it's really cool to bring on Mike Arias. And before we do get uh, into the uh, podcast itself, this is where everybody shows up to learn more about real estate, more about life, more about everything in general that we're going to be discussing with our co-host JP or with my co-host JP. We ask all kinds of questions about real estate, about what people really want to know and what can we do to get better at our existing businesses. If you're a real estate entrepreneur, if you're a flipper, if you're a wholesaler, if you're an agent, if you're entitled, if you're just listening on the way to work, you're going to get some valuable information. So let's get this party started. JP is in the house. What's up? We got the Joe Rogan of the high desert in the house today. Let's go. <laughs> That's how I like to yep. describe Mike. Yep. He's probably, you I'm know. I'm excited. I'm excited. You're really, yeah. I mean, everyone knows you up here, not just for title but no Mike's just a cool dude yeah he parties i've been, I've been he, up here i've been born and raised i mean i was born and raised up here 1981 apple valley man this is crazy so let's get into who mike is appreciate you guys all listening and uh yeah we got a good uh show for you today he's uh he's been in the title business for over 20 years but you know what i don't want to take that from him i want him to explain what he's been doing and uh, what kind of expertise he, he's in. So, Mike, take it away. Appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, thank you. Good for, shit. Let's for, go. The first person to, you to leave come me on hanging. this thing. Yeah, sorry, Let's sorry, go. Sorry. I saw that. I was like, sorry. leaving me hanging. <laughs> yeah, sorry. so, I mean, yeah, 22 years in the business now in the title industry. Um, been doing this deal. But ever since, you know, about 2003, you know, I flipped my first piece of property. I was seeing what the, what the values were doing back then, you know. Yeah. And, you know, agents were listing properties. The prices were rising fast. And, uh, you know, my dad, my mom, and my dad, you know, they've always been in the in, in building homes and stuff. So my dad, he was always a big fan of, of home equity lines of credit. You know, that's how he got his machine rolling and building homes and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, at the time I'm making, you know, minimum wage, yep. you know, not making any money, really. And um, the first property, I, I see a property that comes up and I'm thinking, man, this is this is way undervalued. Right. An agent lists the property. I go pull out an equity line of credit. I didn't even tell my dad about it. But again, just watching him through the years, seeing him right. do it. I buy my first piece of property. I think it was 25,000 bucks. Put it on the market, sell it for 65,000 bucks, and it closes in 30 days. And I made, made 35, 40 grand. Over, yeah, my whole year, the whole year of my income. On a flip. In a flip, in, in the first deal. And That's I was, badass. I think, 23 years old or whatnot. So ever since then, you know, uh, I've done about over 150 transactions in my career personally. Um, built houses, flip dirt, um, investment properties as far as uh you know uh rehabs rentals stuff like that i've had some rentals in the days or whatnot i'm sure we're gonna talk more about all that stuff but uh you know i like it i like the title business i watch the real estate market we see what the heck's going on right we see how it's moving it's that, crazy okay that's what i want to know what <laughs> about the title business do you like because i think that it just sounds boring <laughs> it is it, it's, it's boring as boring. fuck and you've been doing it for 22 for, years yeah. it's so but he's I a got, staple though he's a staple that's it's what i'm like, saying so there has to be something about title that's kept it kept you in it for 22 years what yeah is that? so for me you know it, it took me a little while to get to, to figure it out you know when we when i first started you're walking around with these other title representatives you know and we don't have to talk about what title is or anything like that but you know they're walking around and asking agents you know do you guys need a property profile which is you know do you, do you want to know what you know, you know square footage bedrooms and bath who the ownership yeah. is and stuff like that 
which is all good and important stuff, but there's no value to that. They're not bringing any value to the real estate community, you know? So my deal, and like I said, it took me a little while to figure out, but nobody was really watching what the real estate market was doing, which was interesting because everybody wants to know what the real estate market's doing. Yeah. If you're a homeowner or a renter, no matter what, you want to know what the market's doing. Or they but, talk about it like they know what it's right. doing. Everybody <laughs> thinks they know about it, right? The neighbors know everything there is to know about your tia it. Your and your tios. Yes. Everybody knows about the everybody. real estate market. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, shoot, somebody needs to you know, figure this whole thing out. So I started tracking data, the foreclosure market data. We started looking at uh, the actives, the pendings, the solds, and we could start seeing the trends of what was really happening with the real estate market. So as I start bringing this stuff forward, as the market corrects itself in 2007, 2008, people really start gravitating toward this stuff. They really start looking forward to it. They want to know what's happening with the real estate market. And then obviously, you know, as the whole market starts to recover and then the, the pandemic hits, then I started doing this report, a weekly report. Weekly. And everybody's like, especially you. Yeah, I'm, I, I hit Monday you up morning, all the time. What's yeah. going on? What's, what's going on? And we could see this thing moving. A lot of times people, it'll start, the market will change. And months down the road, they're like, hey, the market's doing better, right? It's like we could see that happening now if you have the data. Seriously. Every couple and weeks, man, idea. something changes. And yeah. data just keeps getting better as like time goes on. It's the new oil, man. Everybody wants to know about the data. What is happening with the real estate market especially, right? 100%. Data is the number one commodity over oil, period. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. They you mentioned you, ma you made how much on your first like investment? It was like 35000 bucks. Would you say, say that was like a year? That was probably like a year's salary, that was a, right? Oh, for, for sure. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. That was, a, that was a year, over a year's salary. So I think I went through something similar to that because I quit Toyota's sales job. Um, where I was making probably like 40 to 50 grand a year there. And then I jumped into the real estate business four months in, I think it was the month of March. I made a total of like 29 grand yeah. in one month. I remember that, dude. Yeah. yeah. And that was like a huge mental shift for me where I just started to look at everything differently. So what do you, how would you say that changed? Like the way you started to look at things, the way you started to ha handle your time, because in one month you or one deal, you made what you would work a whole year for. Right. And, and that's what I always get back to is, is that's the biggest mistake I see in the real estate industry from real estate agents is they never get involved in deals. It's the most mind-boggling thing. They, <laughs> he talks about this all the time. All the damn make, time. They will make their investors hundreds, hundreds of, of if not millions, millions of dollars. And bro. never get involved in a deal. is yeah. unbelievable. But yet, they want to advise... Other buyers clients. and yeah, sellers fucking a. Yeah, right, straight <laughs> on investing in real estate when they don't even buy anything. It's right. like, how? How can you do that if you've never been involved in a transaction? And I believe that's what sets me apart especially is because I'm involved in the transaction 100%. all the time. I yeah. am the buyer. I am the seller. I am the owner. I know what they're going through. I know what the agent's going through, and I know what the buyer and seller's going through. And that's why I tell people all the time. Unless you've sold your own primary residence as a homeowner, mm -hmm. You don't know the emotional roller coaster you're going to go on. Oh, dude, it's crazy. And I, it was funniest thing. A top producing agent up here. She was up, <laughs> she's up here and she was thinking she was going to move out of state and still do business out here. And she's yeah, right. every other day, she's up and down. She's thinking, I'm going to sell. I'm not selling. I'm selling. I'm sure I I'm know. I'm not selling. <laughs> and I said, listen, I said, this is exactly what sellers go through. Uh -huh. The emotional roller coaster. So when we talk about farming and marketing and trying to find the next seller, all we're trying to do is hit these people mm -hmm. when they're hot. Because they go hot and cold, hot and cold for months. Should I go hot and cold all the fucking time? <laughs> yeah, hit them. Especially all the ones, all the flips. No, I want to get more money. Yeah. I want to get this. But then you're like, hey, I gotta like step back a little bit, remove yourself from that emotion yeah. because you go through it too. Oh, for sure. When I was representing you on some of the flips that you gave me yeah. in the very beginning, 
hey, I bought this thing for this, and it's like, all right, take the, take the deal. It's awesome. No, I can squeeze out another two, three thousand yeah, bucks. Right. Yeah, right. That's how we are. You want to hit them when you're hot, you know, motivated sellers, but also just make sure that you're constantly staying in front of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you do really well as far as just constantly staying in front of all agents with the data that you put out. The yeah. data, bro. And, and no agent's going to do this, what Mike's doing. No. Hell no. It, yeah. took me, it took me a while, and it took hours to put this data together, you know? And if you're not following the Mike and Bobby show on Instagram. <laughs> you Facebook, have to follow. And YouTube. I mean, it's... Uh, Mike and Bobby and, show. And the thing is, you know, we have 113,000 homes up here, and we have almost a half a million people up here in the Victor Valley. So sampling or marketing... Half a million? Yeah, 450 or something right. like that, 470,000 cool. people or whatnot. So we're not talking about a little tiny area in the middle of nowhere. We're talking about a, a market that actually is happens before the other markets do in, in, in and both directions, ups, right. ups, ups and downs. Yeah. So the market, watching this market is a really good indicator of Southern California in general Yep. because we usually rise and fall. So, and this is what, like, and what good point you said that too, right now, Mike, because this is funny. We're always the last to see the market change and we're the first one to see it like affecting us because it's, you know, we're a lot lower in price point. Our median home price is 380, 400 K. You'll know that. Um, I'm sure 390, 390. See, I wasn't far off. Yeah. But we always see it change first. If there's, if there's a pulse or something that's happening, boom, we're going to get hit first. Okay. But then if. Down the hill, you start seeing that appreciation. We're the last one to hit it, so it's like we always kind of see what you know what we're going to be doing here in the next six months, right. eight months, ten months. So that's a good thing about the data that you do provide. Um, and shit, man, I mean, I've been watching you, been watching like we've been discussing stuff all the time, yeah. just about life in general, real estate mainly. Because hey, what's the market doing? What's the, that's literally all I ask, Mike. What's the market doing? And sometimes I get pissed off. Hey, dude, send me the damn graph. <laughs> send <laughs> me the graph. I do the data, you know, and I don't push it out because I got to do a video and stuff like that. But then sometimes, you know, I shoot it out to Omar before. I haven't sent it out to nobody. Eyes but here only, you go. eyes only. <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? But what's, here's what's crazy. I mean, let's talk about the real estate market real yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Is that? This real estate market is heating back up, man. This is the craziest thing. We're coming off the most epic real estate market we've ever seen, right? During ever seen. I've never seen it. And it was the greatest real estate market because we had the low interest rates, lowest interest Fucking rates. 3%. So the buyer was getting a hell of a deal, and the seller was getting all this equity. It was the perfect storm. For sellers. For and sellers for buyers and for buyers. Too. Everybody yeah. had a great time, yeah. right? Interest rate goes up. Everybody backs off. All of a sudden, the interest rate drops You know, about a percent in the last four or five months. Um, and inventory keeps dwindling. So that's what's happening right now. We have this inventory dropping like crazy. We're at 1,000 we homes? We went to 1,700 homes four months uh, ago. I now we're down to 1,000 homes. We dropped 700 homes. We dropped 700 homes. And it's not because we're selling more homes. It's because people are pulling their homes off the market because they can't get the equity they thought they were, right? right. They're, they're going, their house is on the market. They thought they were going to get the $200,000 of equity. They went from the first price reduction, the second price reduction, still didn't sell. They're going, ah, now we're probably going to net 120. We got a 2.5% interest rate. We're staying. Yeah. We're going to take it off the market. And we're that's, not leaving. And that's a, that's a really good point you made because so many people have the perception that, like, oh, inventory is dropping because everyone's selling. Let me throw yeah. my house on the market. Right. Not realizing that inventory is probably dropping because it's just not selling. It's not selling. People are pulling the homes off the market, but the homes that are priced correctly, and I try to stress this all the time, they got to be priced correctly. Not even priced, priced correctly. They have to be priced better be than the competition. they got to be competitive, priced, and they're moving. Multiple offers. I had an agent put a house on the market on Friday, six offers, put an escrow today. Um, that Crazy. person's buying another home over here. I mean, it's... It's happening all over again. And here's what Barry Habib says, and and some of the other forecasters, economists are saying the same thing. When the housing data comes out in May, 
and it lines up with the inflation data, slowing the market down, right? slowing the uh, housing market down when the data comes out. They believe these interest rates are going to drop, and this market's already heating up. They're going to throw gas on this thing in May, and this thing could go crazy again. They're going to drop it to 4%. It could go in the 4s. Imagine that the, shit. I could see rates in the 4s again, but we're not going to see 2-3. Man, I three, don't, I don't with, think so. with a buy down, two? with a buy down, buy down fuck yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, but if if it does hit four, this is literally the perfect storm. Perfect storm. This thing could go crazy all over again. And the thing is, is we only dropped eight percent up here so far, which is nothing. And it'll be cool because, like, you know, the market getting tough for a little bit will strain out all the people that don't belong in the business that didn't renew um, in January. <laughs> wait, so wait, repeat that two, again. Two hundred fifty agents it appears that dropped out. Just up here locally in the Victor Valley um, that didn't renew their license. 250. Wow. 250. Whoa. Um, which is, uh, you know. How many funny. agents, though, total? It's uh, Sorry. There, there was 14 and change. 15, 14, 15, now there's like 1,200. It's All funny right. you mention right. that because right. right. I have a buddy on my team that I took under my wing. And uh, we were driving to an appointment yesterday, and he was talking because uh, he works another job. And he was talking about how one of his coworkers, she got her license about, I think, like about a year ago. And she was telling him, like, hey, like, I've been wanting to, you know, start real estate more. I see that you're here and on your days off, you're working at the office, you're making your calls. I just feel so lost on, like, what to do. And I called my brokerage and I asked them, you know, how can I start my business? And they told me to print flyers and go knock on some doors. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Man. Damn. I just, no, and that when, I, when he told me that, I was like, wow. And then I looked at him, and I was like, hey, man, you got it pretty good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I talk about. I just did a video about this whole deal of, you know, agents trying to figure out this whole market. And like I said, I've, we deal with the top producers in the Valley, right? We've dealt, dealt with them for years. We see how they do their business. We know how they do their business, and there's no secret to it. Consistency. If they don't have a database, and on average it takes 14 months for a buyer or seller to transact. Uh-huh. 14. 14 months. If you cannot keep in touch with that person for 14 months because you don't have a database, don't even start the business. That's what I try to tell these people. I say, listen, save yourself money, save me time, and, and, and just jump out now. Because if jump you're not, off the ship. If you're not going to get a database dialed in and going because you cannot keep in contact with these people, don't even it, just get out of it. It, it boggles my mind. For, for 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 someone that has a database, and I don't, and this is the crazy thing that everybody I want everybody to listen to this. You don't have to be that good at your database at all. It's just because your competition just sucks. Right. So if you're five percent better, three percent better than your competition, you will you will completely just smash them. Why? Because nobody takes their database seriously. Yeah. And and myself, I I get deals all the time. People that, hey, somebody wants to sell their house, great. Somebody wants you to buy their house, okay, great. Because you've made it clear that everyone that you help buy and sell, that they're never going to forget you. No, they like, never that's will. How, that's how you built your business model. But I'm not even that good. You're Think about that. this. You're not even that good. But if you do move that needle forward with database, I know agents that have been doing this business for 10, 15 years with no database. 15 years of transactions. You know these people. If I mention some names, you will know and you'll say you're right. Uh, and you know the top producers, and they they produce, but they have no database, right? Or houses, but that's you know we're gonna get into that later too. So right. yeah, it's so crazy it's, the database. It's Go just hard. it's just these databases, man. It's like it's so key, and it's so easy. It's not even it's not even like you know we're not we're not doing brain surgery here. We're just 
everybody we, we come in contact with has to go in a database because we have to nurture them. We have to incubate them yeah. because eventually they're going to buy or sell. But on average, it takes 14 months. And if we don't have a database and we cannot keep in contact with these people, how are we going to turn these people over? I'll, I'll share a cheat code. It's called TMPCO marketing. You pay how much per claim? Bleep. Just kidding. <laughs> no, let's share it. You pay like no, just 20, share, just you share. pay you pay uh, twenty five dollars per client, which um, is a that lot. You put into which is not bad at all. I mean, if you have a thousand you, people, I mean, but yeah. you have like let's just imagine that you're inputting them as you're closing your deals. For right. someone like me, you know, I can afford to put in all of my closed transactions and continue to input them as time goes on. $25 for one client for the next five years, and they get a letter every right. single holiday or every single special top occasion. Top of mind awareness, for sure. Top yeah. of mind awareness, yeah. constantly in front of them. It's like a cool little postcard. And you even also get one in the mail yourself, so you know what your clients are getting. That's it's dope. called TMPCO marketing. Mm-hmm. You should probably look into it, yeah. too. But it's as simple as, I think, just making a little bit of an investment. You know, An agent is quick to make a $10,000 commission check. But how much of that $10,000 do they want to invest back into their business? You know what? Big, big point right there. Because there's, I'm sure you know too, Mike, that people, you know, get the deal done and they never hear from the agent again. No. The client never hears from the agent again. It's crazy. I even try to take the extra step and like, let's just say I sell a listing that a buyer moves into. I didn't help that buyer because I helped the seller on the listing side. That's a cheat code there. You know, I input that address into my database with the new buyer's name 100 percent. yeah because, because i'm the agent that sold that house to we'll never reach out the buyer's agent's never going to reach out the other agent on the other side what's crazy i had this scenario happen to me in lake havasu i didn't i didn't know anybody out there i go on zillow you look you know for the listing and find the you house me. it looks you know, it looks good contact the listing agent she has a big team out there her uh i can't remember that what her name is but the company was a keller williams out there in lake havasu anyways she had a big team she's you know i think the number one agent out there anyways she had uh, her buyer's agent contact me, which that's the way the whole program should work. So she contacts me, shows me the home, we buy the home. Two years later, the house jumps 100,000 bucks. Daughter's going to club volleyball. We can't make it out there. I'm going, you know what? Sell it. I ain't renting this thing because I don't like rentals. <laughs> and I sell that. We sell that thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> I end up, in the two years I own that thing, the agent that represented me for the, as a buyer or and... The agent that, had the, that had the team right. never sent me one thing. They never called me. They never sent me a 75-cent postcard. They didn't send me nothing. Dude, all it takes is one call every Are you serious? Months. Like, so not I'm, one time. I'm thinking, listen, I already paid you one time. I'm not paying you again. I ain't paying you again. For a letter would have changed that. One thing. I mean, something. A Bro, phone, a phone call, call. swing by once in a while. Something. Hey, Mike, but it's, it's been six months. How you been? Everybody. Everybody's in that same boat. I'm, not everybody. 95% of agents out there. Are in that, in that same, that same boat. boat. And that 5% that actually touch, and e- even in that 5%, they're not even that good at the database like follow-up. Right. You don't have to be. Right. Because the competition is, there isn't much. There isn't much. You weren't that good when you closed the deal. So it's oh. just like. Burned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just true though. Like, you know, it's like, it's, you're not going to, it's not going to change later on. So. And that's, what simply, I tried, that's, that's the, one of the stories I tried to tell these realtors out there is just like, listen, this is a perfect example. If you're not going to follow up with them, because everybody's looking for the hot deal. They don't think about, they hey, want it now. this person just bought two years, three years. That's forever. I don't need to talk to them again. Uh-huh. That two years comes up like tomorrow. In, tomorrow. And they sell without you, and I see it happen all the time. Oh, yeah. No, it happens. Literally, it happens. And it's like every time I see that, I follow up, and it's like 
are you serious? This person just sold? Wait. I go back. I'm like, I sent you like 10 letters. And we're and seeing then people when sell they, six, eight, 12 months. When they see that their client's house listed on the market, they'll <laughs> act like they never helped that client in the first place, and they try to just like forget about it. Right. Yeah, it happens sure. to all the top producers too, Mike. For sure. Yeah, it yeah. does. They're not going to get it, every one of them, but if no. you have a database, you have, the, you have the ability to get the majority of them. Yeah. I mean, just like yesterday, I get a call, actually a text message and a Facebook message. Hey, you helped this person, this person. Can you help us sell? They just bought a house in 2022. 2022. Yeah. Took the, um, we're taking the listing, and then we're going to help them buy another five, $600,000 house in Apple Valley. It's a $1.2 million swing. Did I ever call this person? No. They reached out to me because of the five-star reviews, because of the previous clients. But guess what? How many times do you feel or um, how many times agents have that in their email that, hey, we were, we, we were referred to you and they're too busy because they're dealing with the hot deal yeah. and they don't call them back. Yeah. Then guess what? That person ends up going somewhere else. This person was represented by somebody else to buy this house nine months ago. Why wow. didn't they go back to that person? Well, because wow. they didn't send one thing to them yeah. either, yeah. which is crazy because I was asking the question yesterday with a 45-minute phone call. Yeah. So it happens at every level of the game, but this is why it's important. Like, damn, I got to do better. When you're telling me this, and immediately I go into like, all right, all of my people need more from me yesterday. Yeah, yeah perfect example. We helped one of our 60-minute cash offer clients sell their property in June of last year. Mm -hmm. um, she moved to, I think, Maryland. And I send her... Say that again? Maryland? <laughs> that's Maryland, bro. Mar 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 yeah. Maryland. That's... Okay, guys. <laughs> so, so, hey, this is... That's we're, the, we're real here. That's the culture in me talking. I love it. My family's Maryland. from India. Maryland. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, whatever they said. Carry Let's on. go. You know, I can't wait till he rolls his tongue once. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, what was I saying? Maryland. Oh, I contact... No, I wasn't saying... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I contact her probably like, I think... Since we've sold her house in June, I've made probably two phone calls to her. Yeah. Um, that's just because there's a reminder in my database. And yeah. she texted me yesterday saying, hey, JP, hope you're well. It's been a blast here on the East Coast. Um, I hope you're doing well. I have a friend that wants to sell her property. Perfect. Maybe you can help her just the way you helped me. And I Easy, was like, done. Yeah, yeah, great. I texted her. She gave me the client's phone number. I called the client. And we actually have an appointment later on today to see how we're going to help her Seller house, whether it's yeah. a cash offer or a listing. And that's the idea. You just don't know where that deal is going to come from. Yeah, but the never. more people we could cram into this database, and when that thing starts to turn over, we got 100, we got 1,000, we got 2,000 people in this database that are being nurtured. And this thing starts to turn over. I mean, you can't stop it. It's crazy because those 2,000 or let's just say 1,000 people know how many thousands of people. Thousands of people. Thousands. It's For like, sure. It's like all of your leads in your database just have a boiling point. And you just yeah. don't know when that boiling point right. is coming. And they're gonna, it's and that it's big ass happen. pot, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's keep throwing them. In there. But yeah, like I said, it's an interesting deal. So like I said, just trying to bring value to the real estate community. Yeah. That's my goal. That's what drives me every day, right? Obviously, you know we uh, you know we don't do it for free, so we do make uh, money on the title side of it too. But uh, and we're we're you know I'm commission based, just like realtors. So mm -hmm. I try to tell them, hey, look at if you're using my stuff, and this is something I've been really pushing since the market kind of corrected itself. Because I said, listen, if you're using my data, if you're using my tools. For God's sakes, put me on the contract. Don't use <laughs> Joe Blow over here, title company, that brings a birthday calendar around every month. Give me the freaking deal if you're using my shit. Give me shit. the deal. If you're using my stuff, give me the deal. Come that's, on. Hey, that's real, guys. I mean, come Seriously. on. Seriously. Yeah. And it's, and it's so crazy because 
you know, people will be like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, well, who wouldn't do that? And you go look at their, and you're like, you. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't do that. Deal, but That's you're using right. all my stuff. You're posting all my stuff. You're using all my products that are helping you do transactions, mm-hmm. helping you make money. And they you won't probably give me the show deal. your graph to the seller at their point. 100% they do. And that's why I tell them, if it's helping you with a transaction. Just give me the title. It's helping you with the price reduction. If it's helping you put somebody in escrow, give me the deal. Your other guy ain't doing shit for you. He's over oh. there freaking sleeping until noon. Over there playing tiddlywinks. I'm over here busting my ass. Yeah. Let me freaking have the deal. For God's sake. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Mike, I want to talk a little bit about... Can you tell him hey. pissed off? <laughs> no, it, hey, no, I bet. That, that, hit, that, hit, that hit his nerve right yes. there. That's good, for though. For sure. No, we'll put Mike's <laughs> info in like the description below so yeah, he can do all sure. the deals. Uh-huh. Dude, I want to talk a little bit about your ranch oh, in shoot, Apple Valley. Because I think smoke. that's dope. You just got a bunch of land that you can go with your family... Go fuck around, go do whatever yeah. you want. That's a fun you know? time, man. It's you know what my uh, me and my dad we've always we've hunted these hills forever here locally. You know we've we've always hunted them, and I've always like, man, I would love to have something up here in the hunting ground where we always hunt birds and deer yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Stacy Hart, one of our local realtors up here, she says, hey, I'm getting ready to list this place. It used to be called Psycho Ranch, and and it's oh. funny because I've seen the place before, <laughs> but everybody like, sees that sign and nobody wants to drive up that direction because nobody wants to hang a bunch of psychos, right? It's scary as hell. Sounds scary. So I never went there. Long story longer. She says, hey, I'm going to list this property. It was the beginning of the pandemic. March oh, of 2020. Oh, this is recent. March of 2020. March of 2020. Yeah, this is not that long My ago. buddy's uh, dad built this place, started in 2009, sold it to his buddy in 2015. His buddy wants to put it on the market in 2020. Stacy says, hey, I don't know where this property, I know where it's at. I don't have a vehicle to get there. And I got to take uh, Christian to go take pictures of it. I said, okay, perfect. I know exactly where it's at. Let's go. So I, we take him up there, whatever. And, Stacy's posting this thing all over Instagram, or Facebook and Instagram, and Facebook. And again, pandemic just started, lockdown, everything. After the and 17th. This, this thing's off the grid, totally off the grid, solar powered, battery backup. I mean, it's got everything lake, fish. It's everything. It has everything. Shooting right. range. Dude. It's got beautiful. It's That's got so the cool. pins for animals, everything. So, so she starts posting it. Her Facebook's blowing up. And Stacy's going, Who the hell's going to buy this place? Yeah. No, nobody's going to buy this place out in the middle of nowhere. So by the time I took her back home, I said, I'll buy it. And she's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, man, this is something I've always wanted. And I had another transaction closing, so I 1031 exchanged that Beautiful. into it. So that worked out pretty good. So anyways, buy this property. I got cattle up there. I got the lake up there. We got fish on it. I got a shooting range up there. And it's just something we just go to hang out. I have friends and family and clients come up and hang out. And we just, you know, hang out. I mean, it's just something to do. And for me, especially in the summertime, I'm up there at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, feeding the cows. And I just... You got to have something, right? You got to find your zen. You got to find yeah. something that'll that's level you out. And for really me, rad. staring at these cows or feeding them, <laughs> humping 100, 100 pound bales of hay, that's that's what settles me for sure, man. And I, that's I, I dope. Love it up there, that's cool, man. 5,200 foot elevation. It's got, I think, got a little snow on it right now. But uh, that's something I call like a passion project. For sure. People go, yeah, well, what do you, you know, what do you do? I mean, I got, you know, probably a quarter million dollars wrapped up in this thing already. And it's, it doesn't make me any money, <laughs> but it's just something that keeps me sane. You know what I no, mean? No, that's great. Keeps me, uh, keeps me leveled. So Carol Randall, she, uh, where the hell was I on this whole deal? She says, you know, they're probably going to make you sign a uh, non-disclosure or whatnot. And they didn't do that. So like I said, I told everybody about this thing. I've been telling them ever since. Cause I was like, man, this is unbelievable. So we get these maps together. We start getting all the ownership information together. We get all the uh, phone numbers. And BNSF starts acquiring all these properties. Right? Yeah. And then she passes away, like I said, I think it was like in 2017-ish. can't remember the exact year, but I want to say somewhere around there. 
She passes away, and this thing just keeps going, right? They keep acquiring dirt. I'm going, oh, my God, this is crazy. They put out in, like, 2019, I want to say something to the effect they put some study together. It was, like, almost a billion-dollar study Damn. to do this rail line. So here's what's happening not in a nutshell. They finally announced this thing last year. They go out to Barstow, and they say, here's what we're doing. It's a $1.5 billion project in Barstow. What they're going to do is they're going to offload the cargo ships. And remember, in Long Beach, what they do right now is they offload them and they put some of it on train and some most of it on truck and start trucking it across Southern California into the other states. Right. What they're going to do now is they put together two to three mile long trains. They offload the cargo ships to the trains. They're going to bring it up here to Barstow, and from Barstow they'll disperse. They have the 40 freeway, the 15 freeway, the 395, and the 58 freeways to get all the stuff out of Southern California. So bottom line, people go, well, what about the Cajon Pass? Listen, they're trying to alleviate that. They're going to not have to go down the hill. They're going to come to Barstow and get out of the state. Beautiful. So that's what's happening. And they predict 20,000 jobs. The last article I just saw, last article I just saw, they said they're going to break ground in 2025 and completion by 2027. We need real jobs because I'm tired of seeing gas stations and car washes. Not if this thing happens. When? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. BNSF, supposedly their annual maintenance is $1.2 billion. That's what their annual maintenance is across the nation. Wow. So if their annual maintenance is $1.2 billion and they're going to put a $1.5 billion project, that's nothing, right? That's nothing. These guys move America. (laughs) These these guys are it. Now, there's obviously we have the high-speed train over here, but Bottom line, they say 20,000 jobs. If 20,000 jobs come to town over How many the next three, four, five years, we don't have enough houses. probably 60,000, 70,000 people. Uh-huh. And you're talking thousands of homes, right? Have to happen. Have and to. right now, we have 1,000 homes available. So, <laughs> so how, how the hell can we even? I mean, we, we're going to get to 500. I'm telling you, here's we're going to get to 500 houses. Here's what houses. I try to tell people is that, listen, they predict this population almost double in the next 10 years. We go from almost 500,000 people, let's just say 400,000 people, to 800,000 people. A million in people, the next man. decade would be unbelievable. This is like Rancho Cucamonga 20, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. That's the way I see it. Nobody, yeah. Everybody was like, man, why, why would you drive through that place? There's nothing out there, right? Boom. 30 years later, that place is unreal, right? Houses from one end to end. Unreal, yeah. So now we have that. We have all this industrial projects going. We have the Amazon, 1.3 million square footer they already put up. We have all this stuff happening in North Apple Valley, all these major players. We got these three industrial complexes up here off of the 15 freeway. What's half, up with those? So one of them is half occupied by Modway, a home furniture um, manufacturer, distrib- distributor. The other half, supposedly, they already have that thing leased out. And supposedly, these other two million plus square footers, they already got tenants for them, supposedly, they're saying. So I don't know. They haven't announced anything yet. But, I mean, we have all these different uh, warehouses that are basically getting ready to go vertical with 500, 600, 700 jobs per. I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of jobs coming. And because of that, like, you got to be positioned well to, like, if you're in real estate, create that earned income, you know, everything that you keep saying about what we should be doing and to to, to hone this all back in, all this stuff is great, but do you want to be in front of capitalizing on what's coming? Yeah. You got to own some real estate because well, guess what? Yeah. We'll go into that conversation. Is this speed true? Speed train rumor also true? The from Stoddard Wells to Las Vegas for strictly transportation. So here's the thing: is that I'm actually on the town of Applevalley planning commission, That's what I'm but saying. I'm not giving up any 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 nope, any, any information can't. because it's you know we don't really know anything. But here's what I do know: talking to the planners, and I said I asked them a while back, and I said, listen, do you think this project's going to happen? This high speed train, and he says, listen. 
we see all these we saw so many projects come back and forth yeah you have an idea you have a pretty good gut feeling if a project's gonna happen and he said we believe this project's gonna happen so and you think about it i mean look at the look at the travel time it takes and what these guys when they came out and, and, and talked about that whole project they said and everybody was asking you know, how much is the ticket gonna be to get to vegas on this high-speed train and I think it was like 70 bucks or something, 50 or 70 bucks. That's nuts. People are going, man, that's freaking, who's going to pay that? Da, da, da. And I said, Dude, they said crazy. They said, here's the thing. When you see, when you're stuck in traffic and you see the first train go by, you're going to be like, dang. But by the third or fourth train when it passes you and you're still sitting in traffic, and you're, if your wife doesn't beat you, <laughs> you're never going to drive again. And doesn't it, isn't the time, didn't they predict the time to be around like? <laughs> One and a half. Dude, that's hour and a half to get to Vegas. Hour and a half. And remember, it's the, the whole experience is, you know, it's almost like an airplane. You're going to check your luggage in on the train, and you won't see it till you get into your hotel room. They're going to transport it off that's the train so on cool. into the hotel. The cocktails. I mean, you're going you're gonna to literally, literally Uber from your house here in Apple Valley, or the high desert, to the train. You're probably going to have a cocktail on the way to the train. Yeah. You're going to have a couple cocktails in the train. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to leave your house, and you're not going to be sober until you probably get back. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Vegas. This is going to be unbelievable. We could go up there for lunch. Think about it. We could leave here at 5 p.m. That'd be great. We could go have dinner, a show. And come back and by, be back midnight. by midnight if you wanted to. Dude, right? that's would, dope. You could go up there for a lappy and a sandwich if you wanted to. <laughs> this a is lappy and a sandwich. This is crazy, right? No, with... I mean, with all this growth happening in the high desert, I know this is something that Omar wants to talk about. Me, personally, I think about this. I'm like, okay, how can I position myself in the next 10 to 15 years to be able to provide housing for those people that are going to move up here? And what I mean by that is own my own doors, yeah. own my own investments to be able to, you know, have families live in. Let's talk about that. Like, you know, just capitalizing on... Making those you, purchases in the next 10 to 15 years as far as parking yourself in the right position to buy more property. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, I, and I'm hearing this, and you're telling me 20,000 jobs. Then you're telling me six, 700 jobs per, you know, Industry. tilt up. Mm -hmm. They're off the freeway. I'm like, okay. Thousands. I, I see that's thousands of houses. Dude. And there isn't enough homes being built to supply the demand mm -hmm. at all. And this is where... We're talking about the interest rate. If it even stays where it's at or if it drops a half a point, uh, guess what that's going to do? It's going to increase the shit out of the, uh, the real estate market. Yeah. We are going to probably see 600 houses, 700 houses here pretty quick. Oh, and what, sure. what happens there? Price is going to go through the roof. Through the roof. Here's what's crazy. They're not going to double. Right. But, but you know, if, we, if we had a 10% or a 15% increase yeah. on a $300,000 house, I mean, that's three hundred and thirty. That's three hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars now. No, oh, yeah, that makes versus three hundred k. That's a lot of. That's a lot of profit. That's your whole cost of selling, and, essentially. And now, like, because I keep telling everybody that's in the real estate business, if you're not owning real estate and you're representing buyers and sellers, it's like uh, get out of the business or figure something out because you need to own some real assets. Why? Because it's going to do two things for you. It's going to be able to hedge against any bullshit inflation. It's going to hedge against your tax consequence that we're going to get into here, Mike. And when you can offset it with the houses that you buy, in addition to putting people in there, you're going to have cash flow. You're going to have appreciation. You're going to have depreciation. Then you're going to be able to pull out some money and buy some more houses to supply the demand. So it's just like a perfect storm in general from what you're saying. 
and it makes me we it makes me wonder like okay what's the next literally what's the next seven years gonna look like you know i'm 43 now we're gonna i'm gonna be 44 in march and it's like all right by the time i'm 50 big 50 you know uh that which is you know you gotta look at it that way six years from now coming fast you know it's coming real fast and then, shit, we, we were at my 40th in Vegas having a good time, so we're going to be in Vegas again for my 50th. <laughs> yeah. might look a little different with some, some kids. Some things <laughs> never change. We all but, kids will be, be playing in the play pool. But, but it's all good. <laughs> but I'll have, you know, 100-plus doors yeah. that I know that I'm going to be in that market. So everybody should be understanding that, hey, increase that earned income yeah. to buy some real estate. Let's talk about that, Mike. I know you've had a lot of freaking opportunities to purchase properties, which you have. Yeah. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Explain to us, like, the – I'm not going to say the mentality of it, but just, you know, because everybody's scared. You know, people are scared to have yeah. real estate or rentals because yeah. it does suck sometimes, man. Yeah. No bullshit. Do you ever look at it as, like, the hospitality industry by any means? As far as what? Like as far the, as just being a landlord. Like, do you ever feel like that's – No, what? I mean, so I got a lot of clients. I mean, we just we just liquidated this uh, – one of my other clients. So he had a – portfolio up here just a local portfolio of like 40 37 properties up here and we just liquidated all those for him over the last 18 months he got rid of all those homes in one lump sum or just individually no, just one at a time yeah one at a time wow. three three here five there he, but he got rid of all of them and he's got you know he's a very high net worth individual but he's got uh he just wanted to get out of them. he bought them low you said 30 to 40 doors uh, it was like 37 doors i think we beautiful so that's I, awesome wow. That he got rid of, and they were all single family homes up here. That's a far man. He said, "Listen, Dude. I buy low and I sell high. That's just my plan." He's that like, "I don't want to hold them forever." single family But he's got, you know, I think he was up to 70, 80 uh, multi-family doors. He's got restaurants. He's got a lot of stuff. big stuff. A lot okay, of stuff happening. Yeah. So, anyways, and another thing was what I always remember too is my dad always said because his parents were builders up here back in the seventies, right? right? And he said, "Listen, my parents, his parents, my grandparents should have owned every major intersection, at least one." corner up here but they never did they never got into that game they were just building you know model home here and there and they were building spec homes here and there or whatever but they never owned real estate like they should have back then they would have had every key piece up of the high desert yeah so bottom line back to the other story is they you have to own real estate you gotta buy some stuff if it's not worth anything now if you're young it's gonna be worth something eventually especially at the rate this market's gonna be growing but back to the investment side on my part or whatnot i've had rentals you know if there's if there's money to be made, I just get rid of them. And new construction homes, when we build new construction homes, I should probably keep a rental at least once a year. I don't. I just don't. How many times rentals. was I telling you? All the time, all the time. Especially when the, the rate was like three percent, three uh, and a half. No, and we talked about that too. He said, "Look, we're going to look back at this rate and, and, and think f- we should have financed everything we could." Hundred percent. As many times as we could. have. And what are we talking about now? Like, yeah. damn it. I wish I would have financed more. Yeah, and then I would financed. say, dude, keep one of the new houses. Dude. Just keep one of the new houses. Just pull out the money. Yeah. Pull out the money. I would tell you that every time I would talk to you. Yeah. Just just to have it. Yeah. You know, because then you have the asset. You have the tangible asset that you could hedge against all the bullshit. Right. Everything. And you have it just yeah. in case. And I'm in so, diff- so many different things. Like I said, I got, you know, residential real estate, um, industrial real estate, For sure. new construction homes. Um, existing existing homes, all that stuff. So it's like, there's all kinds of different things. But yeah, obviously holding is, is definitely something. But man, I tell you what, I just don't like tenants. <laughs> <laughs> something that nothing against the tenants. Nothing trust against me. the tenants. Just it's. I just it's don't like just, tenants. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and that's why that's why I asked <laughs> is like, do you see it as kind of like the hospitality industry? Because that's why I hear a lot of people that make a decent living but don't want to invest in real estate. 
they just say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the hospitality industry. Something that attracts me a lot, and this is something that I've been working on for like the past couple of months with my family, is because we own quite a bit of like industrial land. It's just like, I want to own like the shopping center we're sitting in right now. Because, you know, businesses are going to pay your rent. For sure. For sure. Most of the time. So, I mean, as far as like commercial real estate, what what are your thoughts on owning that long term or getting into that or building, developing, or should you go into a project that's already built or even if you're brand new should you try to build something from the ground up as far as only the commercial industrial side yeah so the commercial i mean that's a whole nother ball game but i mean for up here locally the industrial market is there is none there's none available so i mean Mm -hmm. the demand for industrial up here is huge the pandemic kind of messed everything up on the commercial side because so much stuff went to e-commerce you know everything went online everything went whereas but now you look around and there's, you know, there's not very many vacancies of commercial. There's stuff, stuff's jumped in there or whatnot. So, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, you know, can we have another pandemic again? Hopefully not. But the last thing I want to know is think it's commercial our choice. real estate. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I don't know if true. I want commercial real estate, but I think. Box retail at that point. It's like, you know, yeah. once it's. The industrial play, I think, is a big, is a big deal. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, that's a more guaranteed. But again, it takes a lot of money. So, I mean, how do you Tons get. Tons of money. How do you get into that ball game? It's going to. Cost of entry is so much easier and cheaper for houses. Residential, yeah. And the demand's always going to be there. Someone always needs a place to live. Yeah. Always. So, like for Omar, right, the portfolio he's got, the doors he's got, for him to be able to move into a commercial or industrial building, that's what makes sense. But you got to get there. So, how are you going to get there? Obviously, through the residential game and then push it into Mm -hmm. a probably commercial industrial. 1031 exchange, that stuff. And then something else to you, you don't like tenants. What's funny after this, we have an eviction. <laughs> yeah, we have an eviction at um, eleven fifteen. Yeah, that it we got to go out. make sure that when the cops get there, uh, that these people that did not pay for like seven or eight months are out of the house. Right. And if they're not, they're gonna get kicked out. While you guys are dealing with that, I'm probably gonna be getting a massage. See, that, that's the thing. <laughs> But 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 when you work in title, you're able to get a massage at eleven o'clock on a Wednesday. Lunchtime, lunchtime massage for sure. But no, man, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting game. But I I love the game. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. You gotta you gotta really like it. You gotta enjoy it. I did all that. We did all the foreclosures. I mean, evicting people. We were kicking people out like crazy. I mean, you gotta like that stuff. It's not for everybody. And I tell you what, everybody tries to get in this game, and everybody. That's what's crazy about an up market. Everybody's an investor. Everybody's a builder. Everybody's a freaking coach. Everybody is everything. It's the most <laughs> craziest thing you've ever seen. People that have been in the business one year are now geniuses. It's like you haven't done anything. No. You haven't made any and money. You haven't proven anything. Go ahead. Get real. <laughs> That's what I was that, saying. That, like, this is dude, crazy. Dude, this is crazy. Because good point, Mike, before we wrap up and everything else. The When people get into this game and they have some great success quickly, yeah. you know, it does get to their heads. You know this without you know throwing anybody under the bus, but you see a lot of agents that all of a sudden are pros and experts, and it's like you haven't even, like you haven't gone through a, a downturn. Right. You got licensed three years ago. Congratulations, you made the best decision of your life. That you've never been in a market. We've never seen a market like we yeah. we saw the last you know couple. And a lot of, years. of them came in this greatest market ever. They made a ton of money. And I was one of them. And all of a sudden they're you know they're 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 coaching their team leads. They're doing this. It's like. You haven't even, you're you know, in the greatest real estate market we've ever seen. You, you know, you haven't done anything. No, no. And you know what's crazy? Being in the business for 20 years or being licensed for 20 years myself, 
I still feel like I don't know everything yet. Well, and that's what's crazy. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I might train and coach people how to how to buy houses, yeah. how to take their earned income and do all this other stuff. And I still feel like I got more to learn to be able to like to convey the message correctly yeah. for other agents to learn how to buy houses and invest and everything else. But I mean, I can't even be- begin to tell you how the person that with two years experience, how they feel if they're trying to coach somebody. Right. I mean, there's like, a reason. On, what? How many people didn't renew this year? Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. And they probably made some money, but they bought that nice car. What the commissions did they make? They went through, you know, the last six, seven months of those high interest rates. Well, yeah, that, yeah and that's the thing. They, they went, you know, six, seven months with no income or very little income. Yeah. Man, this, wanna, this is crazy. Yeah, I want to um, wrap. I want to ask, like, two questions just for, like, my own perspective. Um, what is something today that without, I guess you could say, any expectation from external society, family, or business partners around you, friends, is something that just excites you today? Well, what motivates me is money. I'm no, of course, but there has money. to be an activity, an act of service. There has to be something that I guess you could say serves humani- humanity on like, you know, that sort of level yeah, so that pretty, excites you. I'm a pretty giving person and I don't ever post any of that stuff, but I give, I do, I give a lot, I give money, I give things, whatever I can. Um, if so you love to pay that, it forward. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Forward, I love to pay that sure. forward. But I think the other thing that drives me is fear. I am scared to death of having to live on the street. And That's I'm cool. scared to death because I did that. When I, I, I started working with my dad when I was 11 years old. I think I had my first paycheck for my grandmother, when I think 11 or 12. But we were out there framing houses. Over so my sick. summers, every single year through high school, I was out there with my dad. We were freaking tiling. We were roofing. We were rolling trusses. We were, I, I know what hard work is. I've done hard work. This is not hard work. I know the real work. Mm-hmm. And I will do everything I can to, to not, not have to go back to that. Right. And I have the most respect for all those guys that do that because those guys are real workers. They're real men. Right. Right. I'm over here with freaking Botox and my nails painting. I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't get this. But what I'm saying is that those guys are real men. Those guys are real workers. With pink and blue hair. And yeah, yeah. That's, you know what all right. I mean? But what I'm saying that's... is that I don't want to have to go back to that. I've oh, yeah. done that. I don't want to go back to that. And it scares me to death to have to do that. And it scares me to have to, to live on the street yeah. or any of that stuff. I will do everything I can to not do that. It goes back to like that one thing. Remember why you started. Another question, and this is my last question, is what is something that you're grateful for today that a lot of people aren't aware of? What I'm grateful for today, and I think it goes back to the same thing, man. I am super grateful because I saw it back when I, was, when I became a messenger. And I didn't even know about an office job. I never knew about an office job, right? So all of a sudden, I see some of these people that I went to school with, and they're working in an office, man, air-conditioned. And I was thinking, man, I'm over here sweating my butt off in summertime, working on top of a roof, pouring concrete, whatever it may be. I am super grateful to be in this country, for one. 100%. And That's I'm super huge, grateful dude. to be in a place where we can do what we do. That's huge. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we can make a great living. And to be in this desert, people knock it all the time. They knock California. I tell you what, this weather, there is there is no better weather than Southern California. No, This is none. some of the best weather in the nation. Yep. So we got the weather. We got... You know, we got these people, of course, everybody has, everybody has, you know, shit people all over the place. Right. But we got good people. We're surrounded by good people. And I focus on surrounding myself with good people. You That's know, it. I don't want to surround myself with people that are going to drag me down. That's There's negative answer. people out there. I don't, I don't really deal with that. You know, I'm, hey, we talk, have, have fun or whatever. But I get to the gym five days a week. I, uh, I, 
I go to my ranch. I keep, I keep, I'm stay grounded for the most part, I believe. Um, and I just, nobody's going to outwork me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what That's you tight. do. Nobody's going to outwork me. I know what work is. And I That's know awesome. Do it, you know? Sick. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thank Sick, you guys. I appreciate dude. it, man. Hey, guys, that last part, he said that he's going to, or that no one else is going to outwork him. That's probably something you guys should write down. And if you think about that you're doing enough, do a little bit more because your competition will do more than you and will take your food from you. So with that being said, that is our episode. I hope that you guys truly enjoyed it. JP with the questions. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Guys. Uh, I really want to make sure that everybody re uh, like listens to this because Mike has a lot of valuable information. He let us know exactly what his passion is, all that good stuff. And yes, you know, we're going to definitely talk more about real estate and I wish we could have, but we did. Talk yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Mike will come back for, sure. oh, yeah. for another like, episode. All, all yeah, please more like stuff. comment and subscribe because that does help this channel grow yes. a lot. And we need that because <laughs> like comment, subscribe to the channel, make sure that you share it as well. We'll have some clips posted and all that good stuff. But nonetheless, guys, uh, this was exp the expand podcast with Omar and Mike Arias with co-hosting JP and we talk about real estate. We talk about everything. So, guys, I appreciate you guys listening, and stay tuned for our next one. But uh, make sure you client or make sure you click the like button, subscribe, and let's go. Clocking out. That's that's it. Thank you. See ya.